Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived, there are links to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, and more. Hope you had a nice Memorial Day. Summer has unofficially started, so I don't care what the Beatles said about being a long, cold, lonely winter. Summer's here. I saw on Facebook today a post that said, name the greatest female vocalist ever. It got me to thinking. And so I came up with three of them. In no particular order, I have Linda Ronstadt, Stevie Nicks, and Whitney Houston. Those are my three. They're all three amazing singers in my opinion. I just want to say right now, just take a second here. Baby Boomer Tales is really the story of my life. It's to be passed down to generations if anybody's interested. I just want to let that be known for all my grandchildren and their children. When I was a little kid, we lived in California. And I had a friend lived across the street. His name was Glenn. He is Mabel and Valley's boy. And he was two or three years older than me, but we played a lot. We played together all the time. I remember one time playing with him. We played all day out in the street. They had dug up the street for either sewer or water lines and had left it there. And so we played in those tunnels all day long. I don't think back then people realized how dangerous those things were. I knew a guy that one of those ditches sloughed in on him and, and killed him. But we were just little kids, and I remember my mom finally called us in late in the afternoon, and I was in trouble. I couldn't go back outside, and I could not understand what the big stick was. We were having fun playing King on the Mountain and going down into the ditch and exploring and running and yelling and playing. I was, like I said, a little bit younger than Glenn. And one time I got invited to his birthday where all of his friends were probably about his age. He must have been going to school by then. But I got to come because I was his friend that lived across the street. And we played this one game where you were blindfolded and you had to take this big spoon and dip it into a bowl of cotton balls and take those cotton balls over and put them into another bowl and however many you could get in set amount of time was the winner whoever got the most well i remember they blindfolded me and they turned me around a couple times and then they kind of guided me to the bowl for the cotton balls and i dug my big spoon in there and i came up with it and i started to walk over to the other bowl and everyone was saying your spoon's upside down your spoon's upside down now, I was three or four years old. This is one of my earliest memories of my life. But I remember I didn't trust them. I thought they were trying to trick me so that I wouldn't win the little game. By the time I got to the other bowl and put my spoon in there, and they un unblindfolded me, I had no cotton balls in there. And they explained to me that they were all trying to tell me that the spoon was upside down. And I had no cotton balls in my spoon because of that. I think it made me cry. I was indeed too young to be playing with those older kids, a game where nobody was really trying to trick me.
remember my mom took me back to Colorado probably to visit her family. And one thing I remember is playing in the aisle of the airplane while we were flying. Me and another kid playing cars or something right there in the aisle. I know that memory is true. I can see it. Later, they gave me some kind of an airplane badge. And I showed Cheryl, my friend back in California, when I got back as we were playing on the swing set. So I don't know if they even made you buckle up back then. I was probably buckled up for takeoff, but then we could play up and down the aisles. I'm sure my mom was probably eating a steak or something, not a little bag of peanuts and a $4 Coke. Amazing how things have changed there. Another memory I have, Glenn's parents, Mabel and Valley, who were my parents' dear friends, I remember us going swimming in a river up in some canyon. And there's hills going up on both sides of us. This little river. And I remember my mom and dad actually being in the water and swimming. And Glenn and me playing. And I can't hardly even imagine that my mother would do that. And yet I know it happened. That she is out there swimming in some river in some canyon in Southern California. The one other memory I really have of California is my next door neighbor, Mark who was about my age. Him and I always played soldier. We'd practice our marching. We'd run and shoot at the make-believe enemy. We were good soldiers. I remember that. Huh, one, two, three, four. Then his mother calls over to the fence, give us a couple hot dogs who were wrapped in tortillas, and we'd eat our lunch like that and then go back and play soldier. Then we moved to Colorado. We lived up on the Cottonwood, it was called, when we first moved back. My parents were building our house in town. It was an old place. I can kind of remember the house, but I remember playing out in the old barn. I had a donkey named Jenny that she was in a corral there or tied up there sometimes or whatever. I'd play with Jenny. One time we had to evacuate the house because there was gas in the house. So apparently there was a propane tank outside and there was some kind of leak or something. And until someone came to fix that, we had to evacuate the house. But I remember we just sat on the porch. So if something was going to blow up, if the house was going to blow up, we'd have blown up with it, obviously. But my mom ran in there and got us ice cream. And I had to sit and watch my brother John while she went in and got us the ice cream. After we got our house in town, we lived in the basement for years until the folks got enough money to build the upstairs. But we had a garage, and the garage, you know, was a regular-sized garage. And in the wintertime, my brothers and I would climb up on the roof of the garage. We'd jump off the roof into the snow. We'd play that and play that and play that. No one ever thought anything about little kids jumping off the roof. There was a lot of snow, obviously. But we'd come in on a Sunday afternoon after playing outside and our pants were frozen and our cheeks were red and hair was wet. We took off our jeans in front of the furnace there in the family room of the basement. And then we'd watch Ted Mack's original Amateur Hour. Do you remember that? It was on Sunday afternoons. We'd sit there trying to warm up by the fire, eating some Campbell's chicken noodle soup 
watching the amateur hour. They spin this wheel at the beginning of the show and they go round and round she goes. And where she stops, nobody knows. And on the wheel it had different acts names and whoever the wheel stopped on that name, that's the act that would go first. I remember in the summertime going down to the grade school grounds and we had this big tall slide. Remember a kid fell off of it once and broke his arm. It was way up there and it's this metal slide. And you put your hand on it and see how long you could keep your hand on it before it burned it so bad. If you're real brave, you could keep it on there maybe five or ten seconds. Those suckers would get so hot shining in the sun there. Didn't even want to slide down. It was so hot it burn your butt. I'd go downtown and go to Hearts Five and Dime, look around. Eventually they got this new thing called an Etch-a-Sketch. And I'd play with that thing for a long time before they asked me to not play with it anymore. It's going to wear it out. Why don't you go get your mom to buy you one? I did eventually get one, but nothing like that first day when I discovered that Etch-a-Sketch. I thought that thing was magical. When I was in kindergarten, there were probably 20 of us in our kindergarten class, and sometime during the school year, one of my classmates died. And I remember our teacher made us all sit in a circle, and she explained to us how our little friend had died and he will not be coming back. Some of us had questions on what does that mean by dying. And all that stuff but I knew about dying because I had a cousin my uncle Victor and Aunt Margaret's little daughter Vicki had died and in California we went to where they had buried her it was called a mausoleum and it was like a wall with these drawers and your name on it they didn't put you in the ground and their little Vicki was laid to rest and so I knew about dying a little bit when I was in first grade, I had a girlfriend that was not Mary Ellen. It was this girl named Marilyn, and her dad owned another grocery store in town. Our town back then, even though it had about 500 people, had three grocery stores. So my dad had one, and Marilyn's dad had one. And I remember we'd walk around at recess. Sometimes I'd even hold her hand. And then next thing I know, Marilyn didn't come back for second grade. Her dad had moved her and her sister and her mother down to Denver. Years later, my mom had us downtown Denver and there's an ice skating rink down there and we were visiting that. And we ran into Marilyn's mom and sister and my mom and Marilyn's mom sat there and talked and visited for a while. And Marilyn and I just looked at each other, never said a word. Last time I ever saw her, I hope she had a good life. I had lots of friends when I was a little kid. When I was five and six and seven and eight years old, I had Wayne as a friend and Keith as a friend and Bill as a friend and Randy as a friend. But my very best friend was my Cocker Spaniel dog named Poncho. He came from California with us and he lived to be about 12 years old. Everywhere I went, except for school, Poncho would go with me. He was indeed my very, very best friend, like only a dog can be. When I was in about second or third grade, 
My Aunt Connie, and I speak of Connie quite often here, we were the same age, I was five months older than her. She was my grandparents' youngest child, and we went from kindergarten right through graduating from high school in the same class. Well, Connie got a pair of jeans, and she didn't like them. And so my grandma called my mom and said, I've got these jeans. If Jimmy wants to have them, and my mom said, sure, he'll take them without consulting me. And when I was told that I was going to have a pair of Connie's jeans, I said, I do not want some girl's jeans. Now, back then, jeans were kind of a new thing for girls to be wearing. But what they wore were jeans with a zipper on the side. All girls' pants had the zipper on the side. Remember that? They didn't have that zipper in the front. They had the zipper on the side. Well, these jeans had the zipper in the front, and Connie wouldn't have anything to do with them. We were the same size. And so I got a brand new pair of jeans. I remember these jeans, not because they were girl jeans, but because they hadn't even been washed. And my mom tried to get me to wear them to school without being washed. Remember those old jeans that weren't washed? They'd crinkle and crackle and hardly bend your knees. Stiff as can be, blue as a sailor suit. But I probably wore them till I wore them out. Always wear the knees out first from playing on my knees playing little men, playing marbles, crawling around in the dirt and the weeds and the grass. When I was about five and a half, my mom and dad and brother John were loading up in the car. They said, come on, Jim, we've got to go to the hospital. Your mama's going to have a baby. So I remember getting in the back seat with John, and I said to my folks who were sitting up front, I said, can we name the baby Sandy? I had a make-believe friend, and that make-believe friend's name was Sandy. Now, Sandy was a male in my little make-believe mind, and I'm not sure I ever knew a male Sandy until Sandy Colfax came around for the Dodgers, but I don't think I was aware of him yet. And my parents kind of said, well, we had some other names planned. And I remember saying, please, I'd love to have a baby brother named Sandy. Well, when mom and dad brought our new baby home, that baby's name was Donnie, my brother Don. So Sandy, this one's for you. I love you very much. In the course of your everyday life, never miss an opportunity to be kind. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.